Welcome to The Big Story hosted by Victor. The Big Story brings you interviews with inspiring people who are killing it in various spheres of life. Get ready to learn a lot while laughing and having a good time in a relaxed environment. Hello. Hello, Pastor Larry. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you too? I'm doing great. It's really nice to have you here. Yeah, it's so nice being on your program. And uh, I looked at your past editions. They look very good. And I hope, um, yeah, I hope we'll be fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You know, we spoke uh, last week about us doing this conversation and you were so quick with it. So, uh ready to be on the program. So thank you very much for making yourself available. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. I hope this program, I hope the listeners will have a good time. and will have yeah. one or two lessons to pick out from this all together. Yes, that's the idea of this all. So uh, yeah, definitely if, if the um, listeners can learn a thing or two, then I think uh, we've done our job. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so... So let's get in. Uh, could you please give a short uh, introduction about yourself? Who are you? I know you personally, but for the viewers, yeah. who are you? Yeah, um, my name is Larry Ajanoku. Um, uh, I have many sides to myself. I'm a minister of the gospel, and um, I live here in Canada. And um, I'm also an entrepreneur uh, to a large extent. I'm also a coach, and uh, not only that, I also, um, like I said, I preach the gospel to ensure that uh, we get as many people as we can get to heaven. Yeah, yeah I live here in Canada, in Edmonton, and uh, by the grace of God, I have a ministry here, Dominion Voice Christian Outreach. Uh, maybe you may want to visit that site to see, that is www.dominionvoice.com. Uh, you may want to see and get a few resources there to be a blessing. Uh, quite, a number, quite a number of resources are there. And then, yes, and uh, yes, I'm an entrepreneur also. I'm on the board of quite a number of organizations. Okay. Uh, but grace of God, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm married. <laughs> I'm, married <laughs> I'm married to Tino Ade. And um, I'm blessed with uh, children. I'm blessed with three children, two boys and a girl, and uh, a family man, and a man of many, many sides. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Nice, nice to hear that. So you live in Canada right now? Yes, I live in Edmonton. Edmonton, Edmonton Canada. Canada. Yes, that's in Alberta, province of Alberta. Ooh, that's like uh, the really cold part of Canada, right? I bet you. <laughs> you can say that again. It's yes. on the north side, North Pole. It's really cold. It's really cold. It's really yeah. cold out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, you lived in Nigeria before you came to Canada. Yes, I had all my education. I've been in Nigeria, uh, apart from the free education I have had here, because uh, you know learning is a going thing. You you don't stop educating yourself. You don't stop learning, so yeah. But my my um, my elementary and then my high school, all in uh, my college, that is university. Uh, yes, all in Nigeria. Uh, okay. Not to my 
master's degree program all in Nigeria. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So I take it you uh, you were married in Nigeria. You had a family over there in Lagos, right? Yes. I my I got married in Nigeria uh, just about twenty one years ago, and oh. um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I grew up in Nigeria, had my professional career also in Nigeria, um, then coming over to Canada. Yeah, I've been in Canada now for less than 10 years. Uh, I think it's about six, seven years now. And um, okay. yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, what made you to make, the, to make the step to move from Nigeria to Canada? Because for me, when I moved to the Netherlands, I was I was alone, so it was a really it was an easy decision for me. Uh, but you were with a family and uh, with a wife with kids. What what made you take that big decision to cross over? Yeah, I would want to answer. I just like you know, I'm a pastor. Yeah, and I don't want to sound so spiritual on your program. <laughs> but I'll just try to say it. I just try to say it as it is. Okay. I mean, I mean, just to say it the way it is, because I believe there are uh, maybe one or two people who are also in my shoes and um, who also may want to come here and they may be able to pick one or two things. Yeah. Coming to Canada, I would say to me, is divine because I want to believe, I know that uh, it had already been in God's plan for my life. Uh, to to come here and uh, live and uh, and do what I'm, I'm doing right here in Canada, basically because um, at the point in time I was working, I was working in one of the financial industry in Nigeria, and uh, it was through my uh, skill set that I used in applying. But as at the time I it pulled through, I already started my company. I mean, which was in the oil and gas sector. Okay. And uh, yeah, doing pretty well. And um, at that point in time, when the when I was now giving the, the, the permanent residence to relocate, it was quite a challenge to me then because I was already established and I was already doing quite pretty well. And uh, I was left with the challenge of having to shut everything down and relocate. Yeah. And you know, there's always this concern of leaving the known for the unknown. You know, yeah. To, to me, Canada was not so much of coming to look for a greener pasture. It was more or less in God's plan, like I said, God's purpose and plan for me. Yeah. It was quite long after uh, the after I got the the visa, that is the permanent residency visa. I got it, I think, way early in the year. I didn't leave until late, late, late. In, I mean, late into that year, hmm. the second, the third quarter of that year, because I had that that pool, you know, do I really go, do I not go? And, and I was asking questions, I asked questions. I asked questions from friends, I asked questions from people who are living here. And then I asked questions from people from God to ask, Lord, would you really, really want me to be? And when I got that green light, I took out time to really, really take time to pray, to take time to pray. Because take it or leave it, it's a new place. It's a new, it's yeah. a new, it's a new adventure. New terrain. Yeah, thank you. It's a new terrain, as it were. So it's more or less okay getting the new terrain. It's not only a decision that affects myself alone, it affects my wife. My wife, being a lawyer, she had the chambers 
our own children. It's affected high school, affected even with my children too. Yeah. But immediately I knew I had that conviction in me that yes, yeah, I think this is in line with what God wants for me. Then I knew that I trusted God. I knew that it's going to work out. Yeah. And I can say confidently it has really worked out. It has really worked yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, it's uh, you can see God's God's grace on you, upon your life. You're uh, successful. You were successful in Nigeria, and you're currently successful in Canada. So we we thank God for that. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. It is a it is such a big step to make that to make that movement. What were the things you had to think about first? To uh, what were the things that had to be in place before you made that step? Because you see a lot of people they make that big step without actually thinking. They just think coming to Europe or coming to Canada or coming to America is is something easy. So yeah. what were the big steps that you had to think about before you made that uh, step? Yeah, I think the, the primary uh, thing I did, which I would advise everyone who wants to relocate is first and foremost pray. When I say mm. pray, pray, pray through. You know, there's this. You can pray about your thing, but have you prayed through? I mean, really pray through because that's extremely important. And I know everybody will always say yes. Everybody will say pray. Everybody's yeah, but make sure you pray and pray through. That is one. Then, secondly, I would say since I knew I was coming, and um, I had, I think about seven, eight, nine months thereabouts. I think eight months there about before I took that leap, I knew I was coming and I knew that I need I needed to prepare myself. So I prepared myself not only spiritually, I prepared myself also financially. That I would want to say the financial uh, the financial aspect of it because I've asked questions. I asked a lot of questions. Okay, how much does it take to run a family of five before coming to this place? How much will it cost? How much is the rent? Yeah. How much is uh, how much is groceries? How much you know? Just have an average. So yeah. what I worked at after I got that, I made sure I prepared myself financially to say okay, between zero and six months, you know, all things being equal, zero and six months. Assuming I mean, assuming nothing happens. Yeah, I know I trusted God that things will happen and it happened. But I just said okay, zero and six months. I was able to have that fund. Now. If you are able to have such fund, fine. But if you are not able to have such such fund, trust God and take that le that leap of faith. I was opportune to have that funds when I was coming, so I had it. So I wasn't under so much pressure as it were. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then coming over, I had a very close friend of mine also who was already here and who, yeah. already, who also prepared me one way or another. Say, okay, these are the things you should bring along. Uh, try to get your driver's license. Make sure it's updated. So that when you come here, you can, in the GFE, possibly start driving. Uh, I, I, I recall, yeah, even your international driver's license, which will avail you the opportunity of driving for one year, even if you don't have the local license here. So I yeah. took that, those, those um, advice. And then when I was coming also, I knew exactly what I was to take, bring along, yeah. you know, bring along. So I also prepared myself financially I prepared myself psychologically as well because it's a new place, a new terrain, you know. So 
those are the things that I really put in place. I mean, uh, uh, then I came also with a very open heart, with a very open mind. Yeah, you could be, I knew that, look, you could have your own company, you could be doing well as your own company, but when you are coming, it's just, it's just gonna start from ground zero. Yeah. So I, I came with the open mind, with not having a set mind saying, oh, without this, I can't do this, without this, I can't, no. So I came with an open mind and that really helped a great deal. Yep. Okay, wow, wonderful uh, reply. Thank you very much. Um, what were the skills or what, were, what was the mindset that you needed to have in order to fully acclimatize to the, to the, um, to the new environment? Because sometimes, yes. you know, when people are coming, they always, the only thing they think about is code. It's code, it's yeah. code. <laughs> but there's, it's much more than the code. What was yeah. the, what was the um, mindset that you needed to, uh, the mindset and also the uh, physical things that you needed to get used to in, in order to acclimatize to the new environments all around you? Yeah, like I said, the first thing was I came with, an open, with a very open mind, you know? I came with an open mind and I was not under pressure. Yeah. That's one. Now, that being said, I knew definitely it's a different culture entirely. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was in Nigeria, I was self-employed. But coming here, it's a different terrain. It's a different terrain. So I had to first of all take steps back again to possibly think of how you're going to get a job to first of all fit into the society. So one major thing uh, that I noticed, my, the children quickly um, adopted, they adjusted fast. They, yeah. they adjusted to the new environment quick. But for us who are elderly, it may, <laughs> <laughs> it may take time, you know. It's not so easy to teach uh, an old dog uh, new tricks. New tricks. So, yeah, you know, so, it's, so for me, um, it was coming with an open mind and then trying to understand the culture. Now, Canadians are people who are very, very cordial. They are very respectful. They are mm. very, um, they're very, I mean, the average Canadian is very warm. And mm. you will not see them possibly, the American they will not raise up their voice when talking. And that's one of the few things that I had to learn quickly. Because, you know, coming from an African background, even when we are greeting ourselves, it says, hey, and you do a lot of shouting. Hey, how far? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know. So those ones you have to be, have to you have to adjust. In fact, for many of us who come from Africa, even when we are greeting or we are talking, they look at it as though, oh, are they arguing? Or <laughs> are they, you know, because you can hardly hear them really talk, speak up. So you you have to follow the whole adjust to that. And I recall that three months after I got landed here, I got, I got a very good job, you know, and I, I, I got that job and I had to really understand the way the Canadians think. I had to unlearn and relearn a few things. And yeah. that has to do with the openness that I came also with. And I recall, and I want to quickly tip this in, in as much as I came with an open mind, I also had expectation because I know that my expectation has a lot to do with how quickly I'm going to settle in. And I recall then 
um, it, I mean, one of my sisters who lived in, um, she lives in Manchester. You know, Western world is almost the same. And she said, ah, when you are coming in, you must be ready to throw away all your status. I mean, all your accolades or maybe the chairman of the company or the MD of the company or you have a company and just ready to go down and mm. uh, ready to pick up any job when coming. And I, I just listened to her. But deep down in me, I had expectation. And my expectation was actually met. My expectation then was, look, yes, in as much as I'm open, but I trust God to provide me the kind of job I would really want. And yeah. three months into it, I got the kind of job I really desired, which was, I mean, a job that has to do with my profession and um, <clears throat> how to do, in fact, I got a prizing as a prizing manager and uh, it was quite, quite good. I got it and it took me to start somewhere up there. So I had to learn first the, the culture, the work culture, the work ethics here, and how to learn quickly. And that's what I want to encourage anyone listening who wants to be UK or you are planning to go here, you must come with that open mind and come with also with expectation to say, yeah, yeah I'm coming in, I'm coming with an expectation and I want to, I want to settle in fast. You, even if you don't get that kind of big job, don't let it, don't, don't put it far away from you because you may be lost in any other job that you don't uh, uh, want to do. You may find yourself lost, but if you have an expectation, it will always drive you back to it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I notice that a lot of people, when they when they say they want to take jobs, sometimes you take jobs just to keep you afloat, but then you yes. find, but then you find out that you're in that afloat job for years upon years upon years until you're so far away from what you had in mind for yourself that it's almost impossible to get back there. Exactly. Exactly. You are correct. A lot of people get lost in those survival jobs. You, you know, just a survival job. You maybe you're on yeah. it, be on it. If you have to get your book yourself, you know, one that I've come to realize is that even people who live here in the Western world, they know that um, not not nation buyers, they know that Nigerians kind of are smart. You know, so whatever you do, do whatever you have to do quickly and get to where you want to get to because just realize that people who are on that track, they're not better than you. But yeah. you could be one could be could be lost in those survival jobs. Yeah. 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 Oh, great, 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 great. So you moved to Canada with a young family, and uh, no longer a young family, I would say. <laughs> They're all grown now. They're all grown up now. But <laughs> yeah. What? But I mean, there, there's a lot of fear of uh, parents coming coming to uh, foreign land with young kids. Um, I, I don't know if you went through that because I know, for example, my mom, she, when she was sending me over here, she, I had to beg her to don't, don't worry, mom, it's going to be fine. <laughs> so I don't know if you have that kind of fear, if you had that kind of yeah. fear you and, and, uh, yeah, the steps you took in order to quench that fear. Yeah. That fear was there, but was not so strong because we were coming together. Yeah. And most African family, you realize that we have this close niche with ourselves. We are intertwined. Mm. You know, um, the average Canadian, once you're 18, 19, you know, even if you don't, even if you are not, you move out of, you move out of the house yeah. to go and start staying on your own. That's the average Canadian culture. But for us, 
you know that until you are ready to marry as a man or ready to marry as a woman, yeah. that's when you start thinking of me getting out of the house. Yeah. So we yeah. have this, I mean, this closely knit um, lifestyle. Yeah. So that kind of mitigated those fears because we had to see even um, like my daughter who is in the university, she goes from home, you know? So we see each other regularly and all. So that mitigated the fear a little bit. Then secondly is we, by, by design, and by design, we made up, myself and my wife, we made up our mind that come what we're gonna be very close to these kids because mm. truly the things that are here out here, they are enough to sense a little bit of fear to parents, I mean, to parents. I mean, if you're not going to be here with your, with your, with your child, it can send fear. But if you are very, very close to your, to your children, you can pick those vices and you can correct it. There are some fantastic culture that are ours from Africa. And there are some very fantastic culture that are here in Canada. And there are some that are not so good coming from Africa. And there are some that are not so good even here. So you, it, as a parent, you have to put your head to the ground and keep your wide, eyes wide open yeah. to remove those ones that are not too, not so good. You have to look at ways of sieving it out and then take the ones in the two, the two world, match it together to, I mean, to have a very, very good, uh, a very good upbringing for your children. So those fears are actually there. Those fears could be very, very real. They are real, you know, they are real. But uh, you just have to be on top of your game. Uh, let me permit, permit you that word. When bringing up these children, you you have to dialogue. In Africa, for example, you could say you want to spank your child. It's not permitted here. So you have to do a lot of dialogue. You have to do a lot yeah. of talking. Yeah. You have to do a lot of talking, you know. And now they are grown up. So we do much of negotiation. You know, it's not a matter of this is the way I want it. No, no, you have to, you have to talk. And then more importantly, I would always advise, bring up your children. I mean, bring up, let the children grow up in within the context of the Bible, the things of the scriptures, teach it. The Bible says, bring up a child in the way you should go. And when he's grown, he will not he depart from it. Not he may, he won't depart from it. So once you have ingrained, Engrange the fear of God. You've, you've, you've put it there, and the word of God. You realize that you'll be you'll be fine as a parent. You'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Thank you very much for that wonderful answer. Um, you talked about you. You said you had a, you you um you started a business in Nigeria before you came over here, and just when it picked up, that was when you came over here. So how do you how do you make sure that everything over there is going is going well? Do you travel back to Nigeria? Or how how do you run it? Yeah, in answering this, I want to encourage um, lots of people who possibly are thinking of moving. That whenever you make up your mind to move, anything that will bring you additional income, don't kill it because you are relocated. I see a lot of people make that mistake. Oh, I'm going now to the US, or I'm going to Canada, I'm going to Europe. And then they you know, sell everything. Uh, there is, I mean, just, even some don't even sell, some people just, just walk away from it. They have wow. land, they have property, they just walk away from it. And I said, that's a very, very wrong move. 
because anything that can bring additional income to you, you must please keep it jealously. I know it's difficult to run, um, especially when you come to starving, to run, to get people you can trust, hmm. you know, but if you can put a structure in place, like no matter how small, keep it, keep that structure. Yeah. Now, talking of the two economy, the reason why I said that is because uh, you have an advantage, anyone who is grown before coming, you have an advantage of taking that, of seeing the two economy and operate between the two. You have that advantage. You may not have a structured company as it were, but there will be opportunities that will be coming that will, that will pop up, which you can quickly take advantage of. For example, maybe you want to do a trade, something that is in a place where you have located to, and you think, oh, this thing can, if I buy this, well, I see a lot of ladies, for example, when they go shopping and they, they see some things on sales, you know, on huge discounts. They just, I know somebody who just buys and buys and buys and continue keep it at home. And then at a point when it's huge, she couriers it and sends it uh, to, to Nigeria. And they sell it for her there and make a lot of money. But the only thing there is, I will always want to encourage anyone that wants to do to operate into economy must understand uh, the dynamics of international trade. You must understand um, uh, how, how the foreign exchange interplays. Hmm. For instance, if you buy so much of a thing and you send it to your own country, and uh, you must put into consideration the exchange rate yeah. when it gets there. Because if you sell and you don't put into consideration the exchange rate, and if you have the money to bring back the money to help you, in where you are now, you must do that as quickly as possible because I realized in recent time, the Nigerian, um, 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 the, current, the, the current, the exchange is really, really being very, very funny. It's been sliding down and losing value and losing. So if you're going to pull back that fund, you must do it ASAP as soon as possible so that you don't, so that the fund does not edge you off. Yeah. However, it's a very big advantage. It's a very big advantage. And I always tell people, immediately you come to this part of the world, what you must set up for yourself, your goal. Do you have in mind to still go back to your home country? Maybe where you're old or you're old. If that is your goal, that must um, determine how you are planning. Right from the very day you come out into this part of the world. Even though you're going to call, go back your own country at a certain age, then you must begin to know that anything you're going to do, you must bear that in mind because that is your ultimate goal. Because when you live in this part of the world and you want to go back to your own country at a certain age, you have to put into consideration lots of things. Security, what, and what you have to make provision for your security. Lightning, you have to make provision for a generator. You have to make provision, your health. Here, when you live in this part of the world, for example, in Abata, Health is free. I mean, medicals, medicals is free. So if you're going to go back, you must put that at the back of your mind. You have to pay for your medicals. So a lot of people just think it's just for me to build another house and go back. It's much more than that. It's much more than that. Much more. The pleasure is remember, you have to put in mind, in, in mind a lot of things that you take that comes for free and that you don't think about here. You have to begin to think about it when you're going back home. So I tell a lot of people, uh, whenever I have the opportunity to talk and to share in seminars and all, I tell them that what is your goal? 
you must put it at the back of your mind. I hear some people say, well, I'm done with the home country. I'm not going to come back. I'm not going back there again. So that must form your decision. So that means start buying things, start investing, and start investing permanent investment. But even though you'll be going back, yeah. you have to put at the back of your mind that you don't lock yourself in here so that when you're going to put out yourself again, you will not do so much damage. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to weigh the balance between long-term investments and short-term investments. Exactly. You have to weigh those balance very well, very well. Okay. Yeah. Wow. wow. Thank you. Thank you very much. You spoke about um, your ministry, Dominion Voice. What is uh, what is that about? I I I follow it on YouTube and uh, and uh, on Facebook also. But um, would you like to give a, a yeah. What Dominion Voice is? Yeah, Dominion Voice started way back um, when I was an undergraduate. Uh, it started way back in the nineties, oh. and um, <laughs> when it when it started off, then um, it was incorporated, registered in Nigeria. So when I moved here, I had to it has to find expression again. It has to find expression and. Um, it started finding expression here, physically in a location, three years ago. In fact, it was last month, it became three years that we wow. started. Wow. It three years started. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, to run, running an outreach a, a ministry is different here compared to Nigeria. Now, for you, I'm already start as number one, to operate effectively. You have to register as a religious organization. You have to register as under the charity status. The charity status, this involves you being able to give what you call a tax receipt. I know you must, you must know that also, I mean, in the Netherlands. I don't know, for our viewers, possibly who are watching from Africa. That's true, that's true. Everything here is tracked, even your tithes that you pay. It, everything is tracked. tracked. That's what I love. It's the um yeah the western world about the track everything yeah. yeah because once you collect money from the public you have to give account of it yeah you've got to give accounts so yeah. everything is tracked all the tights at the end of the year you will give the tax receipts so mm -hmm. that they also will use that to file for their tax so that government can give them waivers uh, yeah, to you can give them some waivers or some, some uh, tax rebates when they yeah. submit this. So everything is kind of connected. You know, so we you know, you know we even get back uh, tax, tax refund on our tithes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you everything has to be done properly. And then you have to bear in mind that, look, if you are not a person of integrity, if you are not somebody who is straight, you know, you can't just say, okay, this is the, I mean, the, con the contribution of the people, we call it here donations. You can't just say, because these are the donations, and you can say, okay, I want to go and take from the donation, I want to go and buy some, buy a car, or spend on your money. <laughs> no, no, that's the, short, that's the shortest route to go to jail, you know? <laughs> so, so you have to have proper documentation everything you do must be seated and must be your account must be straight must be yeah. straight so that's uh, you may not see so much of that in nigeria it is left to the organization to be accountable to themselves 
but here you are accountable not only to yourself or to your to your to the people you, you are you are watching over. You are also accountable to the government. Hmm. So that is extremely important. So Dominion was coming here, you know, um, started three years ago, and uh, it took time. We had to understand the 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 understand the system. You have to understand the system. There are some people who uh, innocently. Um, ran foul of the law, but yet they are still punished. So for the fact that you may say, oh, I didn't know, it's not an excuse. You have to understand very well. And then running a charity organization is such that you have, you have to be, you have to give back to the society. It's all about giving back to the society. Hmm. Like last month, for example, now, we have to reach out to the homeless, you know, Canada is a very cold place. Now the temperature, as we speak right now, uh, is about a uh, minor. It's, it's about the minus. It's, yeah, it's really really cold. I mean, there's lots of people because of the COVID, the challenge of the COVID, and all. A lot of people have lost jobs. So you know, we now see a lot of people who are homeless. That's what many people don't know. Hmm. But the government comes out to help, and that's the essence of the charity. The non, I mean, the non-profit. You know how to reach out to these people. Now we have to buy them jackets, clothing. And we gave it out to an organization that takes care of the homeless. You know, we keep all these documents to so to show that this is what we're doing. So it, it's all about touching the society in which you are, affecting the lives of people for good, and then improving their life. So talking of Dominion Voice, I mean uh, Dominion Voice, we we have a mandate to teach the gospel, but we have also a specific mandate to reach out to people in the area of finances and relationship. So you will see majority of our outreaches, majority of our teachings that you see on the YouTube, it has to do with uh, how to handle funds, how to handle finances. That's how true. To handle That's true. Yeah. I watched uh, some of your, at the moment, you're doing a really interesting um, series on how to start a small scale business. Exactly. I, yeah. think, I, I think for anyone, who, who would like to start a business, they should go and check it out because it yeah. works for all kinds of economies, not only the Canadian economy, but also the Nigerian economy and also the European economy. Exactly, exactly. And I would always tell people when they are coming, please um, don't jump ahead of yourself. So when you, come to, when you come to the issue of finances, I believe the Lord laid this upon our hearts because a lot of immigrants were making mistakes, financial mistakes. And the system here is unforgiving. You know, you, when you talk of um, maybe the, I hope you say, oh, you can walk away from your debt, or you can um, the, the company, the bank may write it off. It doesn't work like that here. It stays with you, and if you don't manage your finances well, it's going to affect your credit rating. And once your credit is bad, you may not be able to do much in this society because there are some. There are some jobs that we will tell you, I mean, depending on how sensitive it is, that what's your, what's your credit, I mean, what's your credit like? They may ask you on some, because they want to make sure that the person they are employing is, is financially prudent, depending on the position which you are going for. So yes. when you get to this kind of economy, a lot of people, you see a lot of banks, they will show to you credit cards. It's so come and have this credit, that credit, credit without collateral without collateral because the greatest collateral as a finance person, I know the greatest collateral you can give to anyone 
is integrity, in your character. Character is the greatest. When you talk of the five C's of credit, character mm -hmm. is one of them. Character, collateral, uh, credit rating and all. Character is the strongest because even if you put your collateral down and you don't have character, you will still, you may make it difficult for your, for your creditors to obtain, to liquidate the, the collateral to pay down. So character mm -hmm. is the greatest. And that's what they look at here. They look at your credit. They will first give you a credit, a credit line, possibly of five hundred dollars. Then they watch you over a maybe a six month period. They see that you are managing it well. Then they say we write you and tell you that we want to. Do you mind if we increase it to five thousand dollars? From five thousand, they can increase to ten thousand. So hmm. what they look at is character. So a lot of people that come from Africa, when they show them this. What the next thing they do is they go on the spending spree and start spending like there will be no tomorrow, like there's no accountability. Like it's, Before like it's know, free money. Like it's free money. Got it, I mean, like it's free money. You know, they say it's free money. But before you know it, they're already trapped and they struggle with it and struggle and struggle for years. You will now see bad credits. When they pull up your credits, they want to do something, there was a bad credit. They will, nobody will go to give them money. So they can't move so fast. Hmm. So I always encourage people, uh, please call. Call somebody who is living there already. And once you call, find out how does this thing, or how does it operate? We could be, they could give you about three lines of credit. At times you even go to some stores, like Walmart, Superstore, they will tell you that, do you mind if we give you our own credit card too? And if you can buy anything from this store on credit, and then after you while you come back to pay. But they will pull your credit to let you to find out. All these things you have to find out. There's nothing wrong if possibly you want to, and if you take a credit, make sure you pay back at the end of the month so that it will not affect your credit rate. Yeah. Use the credit, pay back at the end of the month. Yeah. This is a credit driven society. So they want you to use your credit. They want you to use it. But as you use it, don't see it as free money. Don't see it as money that is just dash. Please make sure you are on top of it. Because bankruptcy is not anything you want to, anybody wants to file. You yeah. file for bankruptcy, it's gone. Yeah. There is, a, there is a quote that I really like. It says, your character will sustain you when your talents can't go any further. Correct. Your time can only take you so far, but character is the main thing that sustains you. And That's very complex. Yeah. And in this kind of society, your character is what is key. Yeah. Yeah. The character is very, very, very key. So when talking about when coming or living here, make sure you check. Don't don't play around with your character because uh, anything you do will be put against your social insurance number. Anything you do, anytime they pull your name or you pull your number, mm. even if you fought on the streets and it's recorded by the cops, by the police, anytime they're going to do a background check about you, it will come and it will not be deleted. That's how we say the society here is very much unforgiving. But a lot of people don't know. And I keep telling you that when you are coming to a new society like this, please be very careful. Ask questions, even ask some question I would call stupid questions. <laughs> it may sound stupid, but maybe that question I will save, that will mm. save one. Yeah, it's very important. Nice, mm. amazing. Um, 
where do you see Dominion Voice in the next five years? Hmm. That's a very big question. Currently, um, uh, when we are two years, we went um, because we teach on finances and relationships. We went on air, that is on the radio. Sorry, that's my landline ringing. Somebody should make it up. We went, we went on the radio, and we have been on the radio now for since November last year, over one year now. Okay. It costs a lot, but you know that's the essence of ministry. It costs a lot, but we dispense the truth of the word of God. That's what we do. So a lot, and the feedback has been fantastic. Feedback has been fantastic. It's been awesome. So where do we see the next five years? We, we see ourselves increasing our media presence so much. Uh, we are on the radio currently. We want to be on the, on the TV, dispensing the truth of God's word, helping people. And we see ourselves in the next five years having, <clears throat> currently we have our own rented place that we use, but we'll see our next five years having, Dominion of us having its own structure. Mm. wherein we can dispense the truth of the word of God. And being an interdenominational ministry, we, wherein everybody comes in from, uh, we have people of different color, different tribes, race, culture, uh, that's, that come for the, for, for the program. And we want just to reach out as strongly as possible, have our own structure, have strong media presence, focusing on church without walls. Mm. Church without walls, wherein people can get to to get the truth of God's word without looking through the lens of doctrine, going through the lens of of, of uh, my church or your church, of yeah. culture. Yeah, multicultural. Wherein it's a melting ground for a lot of people to get the truth yeah. of God's word and to um, to 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 dominate wherever we are. Like yeah. one of our our word, our slang word. For dominion voices empowered to dominate, raising a people of class, to empowering yeah. people to dominate and raising a people of class. Yeah. 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 Okay. I really like what you said. The 21st century church is a church without walls. So yeah. basically, if you go on the streets and you are two or three, that's already a mini church that you can start. Yeah. You can start evangelizing or you can start your um yeah, your meeting there. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's 21st century church, church without walls. Even now you have Zoom. Exactly. Zoom. There are you can be in a place and reach out and hundreds of thousands without you leaving where you are, connect to you all over the world. Yeah. That's the New Testament church, where there is no Jew or Gentile or Greek. Everyone is just connected, and what brings us together connects us is the bond of Christ, the one of Christ. And I mean, look at what COVID, even though COVID is negative, but one way or another, you see there's a lesson to learn even in the body of Christ. A lot of people in the body of Christ who have never thought of um, going on air, they are now on air, and people are in different parts of the world connect, and they have been, um, and uh, such ministry have been a blessing, and we need more of that, yeah. Thank you, great, great, great. Um, uh, I'm getting to the last few questions. 
Thank you. For that. Thank you for hanging in there. <laughs> yeah. Um. How do you how do you combine um, business and ministry? Very good question. For you to combine such, the first thing I will first tell anybody is you must have control of your time. You must have control of your time. If if you do not have control of your time, it will be very, it's almost like impossible. I mean, you want to combine ministry and business or paid job, there is a level you can get to, you can't go beyond it if you're not in control of your time. So the first thing is your time, free yourself, free your time. And in this part of the world, it's quite difficult to say you want to free your time because you realize that um, there are bills to pay. And if you are starting something fresh, something new, you need you need the gestation period. You need a time wherein the business can pay for yourself and pay your bills. So if you follow up, pick up a job, have that in the back of your mind, start thinking, how can I be in control of my time? How can I be in control of my time? So how do you how do you combine such first and foremost be in control of your time? Even if you are doing any work, let it be that that work will be flexible. Because you could wake up in the morning and the Holy Spirit does not want you to leave you right away. You personally are praying and you just you just key in. The day God is going to visit you, he won't give you a notice. And it is us that will have to wait on God, not God waiting on us. So if you have the control of your time and just suddenly that hey, there's a move, I've been in God's presence, and I think God still wants my presence, you can still stay on in there. I mean, just have a flexible time. That's the nutshell. That is one. Then two. You have to be accountable. You've got to be accountable. Combining the two, you need accountability. If you're not accountable for your time, you're not accountable for your set goals, for what God has told you to do. If you're not giving accountability to it, you cannot make headway. You will just get there. I don't know. I mean, for some, you just want to be afloat, be an average person who who affect lives of people for good. No, as far as I'm concerned, God wants us to be outstanding. Whether you're in your own country or anywhere you find yourself, you must be outstanding. And that's something I always tell people that try as much as possible to be among the first, anything you do, be among the first three. If you're not, the, if you're not when you're starting off, aim to be among the first five or the first three. But ultimately, you must work at it as well in the impact, in my business, whatever I'm doing, I must be number. When you look at, when you're counting the first three doing it, your name must come up. Hmm. If you have that at the back of your mind, it makes you to be accountable. It makes you to, to know that, look, I don't have so much, I don't have all the time. I have to do whatever I have to do as quickly as possible because times and season waits for no one, times and season. And uh, that is very important. And uh, free your time be accountable. And then the thought I want to say is give here to the Holy Spirit. Don't just assume. Don't just assume. Ask God questions. Every step of the way, ask questions. You will see several models, especially in this part of the world, but you cannot run whatever God has told you to run. And you cannot run your business the way you think it has to be run you have to ask questions from the Holy Spirit. Even in doing business, do I do this? 
there are some business you will get involved in that will be time sapping. So you have to look at it. Will this, does this fit into the pattern, the model that I think God has allowed me to come and run here? Yeah. So you have to run in ministry and, and run it something by the side and all the way, you have to, you have to. Those three, if you just obey those three and keep those three at the back of your mind, I think you will do very well. Okay, so number one, if we can go through it, control of your time. Or be in control of your time. Number accountability. two, yeah, accountability. Then number three, listen to the voice of the Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit part time as to what he wants you to do and how to do it. Wow, wow. I really like, I really like the way you, whatever you say, you round it up in points because points are easy to hit. Points are easy to stick on the brain. Once you know them in points, then it's easy to uh, remember. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's been a lovely 48 minutes around, let's say. Whoa. You mean it's, we already gone 48 minutes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How time flies. Yes, <laughs> time flies. It's, it, it is, it is. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for your, for your time. Um, You're welcome. If you would like to say one last word to the viewers, we have uh, quite a young group of uh, people who listen to the, to, uh, the big story. And uh, yeah. we have our lives at all, like, yeah, all ahead of us. So uh, if you have a word or two for the young viewers, yeah. I will put it in points as well so that we can go away, with, go away with it. Number one, for everyone listening to me, please, number one, in every decision you take, always put in the God factor. Put God first. In every decision that you take, ask God questions. God is not annoyed when you ask him questions. If I shows that you depend on him, number one, the God factor. Put it number one ahead of you. Then number two, ask yourself, what is my goal in life? You know, what, who, do, who, who, who do I want to be? Or where do I want to, what's my ultimate goal? Now starting off, you may, if you know your goal ultimately is to be an entrepreneur, then let it be whatever you want to be, put it at the back of your mind. Don't, don't let it go far away from you. In fact, if you can start it early, I will tell you to start it early. I know it's difficult for somebody to think of, okay, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I need the capital. I tell people, I said, look, capital is not the major thing. Money is not the major challenge, but your ideas, your ideas. Ideas create the world we live in. So, what is the what idea? Let your mind don't don't be weak, don't be lazy in the in your thought process. God will not do what you have to do for you, and God will not tell you to do what He knows you cannot do. Mm -hmm. So, for anyone starting off, you must know what you want to be. Who do you want to turn out to be? Once you know it, please pursue it early. Pursue it early. Time goes so fast. Time goes so quickly. So pursue it early. If you, know, you don't have the way without to pursue it, always keep writing and paste it where you can see it. Paste it where you can see it to renew it in your mind every day. And then number three, 
that I want to say for as if you are not yet married, please marry correctly. <clears throat> marry correctly. Your marriage has a major role to play in you succeeding. If you live in this part of the world, don't, don't even think of divorce. Divorce is one of the major things that screw people up, that destroy people financially in every ramification. Because once you think of divorce, don't even think of it. I remember then one of the advice I got from a friend who I called then when I was relocating, and I asked him this and that is the first question the person asked me said, you and your wife, are you always on the same page? Do you always have problems? I said, no, because I was thinking, you're <laughs> going to talk of uh, the environment, the culture. I said, look, if you and your wife are not on the same page, or you're always having um, quarrels, say, don't come to Canada. I said, don't come. I was wondering, what does that have to do? So when I got there, I realized that, look, if you don't marry correctly, if you're not yet married, and a young person, please make sure you do everything to marry correctly. If you don't, if you marry wrongly, the chances of getting it well is very slim, very, very slim. So make sure you marry correctly. And because divorce is not anything you want to think about in this society. Because if you, you think of divorce, you have children here, if you want to divorce, you want to go and remarry to somebody else, you're talking of child support, you can't yeah. go fast. So don't even think of it. So make sure you marry correctly. And if there are any challenges in your marriage, please don't pack it up. Talk to somebody. Keep talking to somebody. There is a way out. Yeah. That's number three. Yes. Number, three. number one, I said the God factor. God factor. Number two, life. Your, your goal, your goal, what you want to make out of your life. Wake up to you to what you want to get to be in life. If you want to be an entrepreneur, don't wait till you are old. Start off early okay. if you have the opportunity. And then number three, make Marry sure you correctly. get your partner. Marry correctly. Get it right correctly in your marriage. It's extremely important. If you do these three, for my viewers, if you get it right in these three, you know, you'll be fine. And as much as possible, don't be lazy mentally. Please keep thinking, task your brain. God has given us all a sound mind. We must put that sound mind to work. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Pastor Larry Ajinoko. Uh, Thank you, Victor. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. I hope uh, in the future we can have this talk again. And uh, I must say I had an amazing time talking with you. I've learned a lot. It's something that I'm still going to meditate upon and, uh, yeah, and uh, think about. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I wish you the best in uh, Canada. It's a COVID period. So, yes. yeah, I, uh, I really hope to come, come visiting uh, when all of this is over. Yeah, we'd like, we like to have you. Let's have a, let's have a cabo. Let's have a cabo also, the Canadian version. Maybe <laughs> when you come, we may even go outside on the streets and do a few things. Uh, maybe, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that Canada is great. Yeah, Canada is a very beautiful place. That would Actually, be it's very beautiful. Yeah, and the people here, they are very, very warm. Very nice people, you know, very, very warm. Very peaceful, yeah. Okay, amazing, amazing. Wonderful. So I'm giving you my invitation now. Don't wait for any invitation. I'm giving you an, an open invitation. We'd like to have you in Canada. All right. Have a camp in Canada. It's a, it's, a, it's a promise I'm gonna come. It's definitely a oh. promise.
and I'm going to have a video with you face to face. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> okay. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It's you still have the rest of your day to go on because it's uh 12 o'clock. Yeah, it's it's uh, to one here. It's to one. about uh, yeah. yeah. Here in uh, Eindhoven, it's uh, almost nine o'clock. Nine o'clock in the in the evening. Nine o'clock in the evening. So wow. Um, I am I am rounding up the day, and you are just beginning the day. Yeah, we just starting out the day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thank you, Alfredo. Thank you, Victor, for ha for having me. Okay. And, um, no it's so nice chatting with you. God yes. bless you. God bless you too, Uncle. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you'd like to send a message or view more content, visit our website, ekabo.org, and follow us on Instagram at thebigstory.ekabo. Subscribe to our YouTube page, The Big Story Ekabo, for all video interviews. Till we meet again, bye.